Hi, welcome to Claybrook Chats with Barb. As we sit here in Claybrook and chat, I will introduce you to some of my creative and interesting friends who live in a small community in Northeastern Ohio. Hopefully as we chat, you'll learn something new or educational, maybe humorous, but always positive. My goal is to have you pause at the end and say, wow, I didn't know that. And just maybe you will tell some of your friends and family about it and come back and listen to my next Claybrook chat. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello. Today, my Claybrook chat is with Noreen McBride. Uh, Noreen is with our East Palestine Library. And I've asked her to come because there's been a lot of changes in the library since I first started using it which was quite a long time ago. Uh, in our town, the library has, in my book, the library has always been there in the same location. My first real experience with the library was when we had school assignments, and that meant that we got to go to the library for research. But that also led to the problem of how in the world do you use that mysterious and confusing card catalog? Once you got through that, then you found out that some of the information you wanted was in the magazines. So we had to fill out a form, give it to the librarian. They had to go down to the basement and get the magazine and bring it up for us. As I think back on it, those magazines were the only type of social media that we had in those days. So if it wasn't something you could get out of an encyclopedia, you got it out of a magazine. Things have really changed a lot since those days. And I first realized that how how much it had changed when the pandemic hit and we had to stay at home. The library here reached out to us with multiple Zoom classes and other options in ways that we could continue using their services. I was a big fan of the Zoom classes. Um, I watched one on Betty Crocker. And by the way, Betty Crocker's not a real person. Uh, Then there was one that I watched on the history of quilting and how it helped the Underground Railroad. I didn't know anything about that, and that was very interesting. I also had the librarians find several books for me whenever I decided that I needed to reteach myself how to make plant hangers with macrame. I remember doing that back in my hippie days, but I wasn't so sure I could remember how to do all the knots. So they found a bunch of books and, and articles for me to read, and... The funny part is that I made about 25 macrame hangers and ended up uh, selling them at my yard sale because I don't have any plants. Uh, Once the pandemic was over, the library had classes that you could actually go to. I went to a very interesting one on how you could cut the cord and use alternate resources for the internet and cable TV. I went to one on on the craft of wool felting. And then I joined an Apple support group to better utilize my iPhone and my iPad. One evening, they had local authors come and talk about what it took to write and publish your own novel. That was really interesting. Another evening was Crime Salad podcasters, Ricky and Ashley, who talked about how they got started in podcasting. I think they were kind of my inspiration to get started in this. Then they had a series of musical groups. Uh, One was the ukulele group, and someday I might do a podcast about my ukulele experiences, but not today. They also had a group come that played dulcimers, and then they had a local pop band come in and and perform. Uh, 
Libraries have continued to thrive over the years by being aware of the changes in the community, and then they come up with creative ways to meet those needs of the people of, of the community, I guess. That's the reason that I invited Noreen to chat with me today. She's going to share with you some of the new and innovative services that libraries have to offer. Hi, welcome back to everyone. I'm sitting here and I'm chatting with Noreen McBride, who is the librarian, and she will tell us her titles in a minute, of the East Palestine Library. Uh, I chose the library, as I mentioned in my introduction, about uh, all the different programs that there are that we don't know about. So I thought we might have some, learn some aha moments while we're sitting here talking to her about the programs and the history. One of the uh, things that she told me whenever we were rehearsing or talking about this is about how our library got started. And that was through some unusual ways to uh, fund something by asking people to donate money in different ways. So Noreen, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Oh, hi, Barb, thanks so much for having me. Yes, um, I'm the Youth Services uh, Librarian Assistant Director, and our library began back in 1920. Um, it was under the sponsorship of the Chamber of Commerce. The library received 500 books and they operated entirely on donations. And the location of the library changed pretty often. They were always trying to find like a rent-free space or a building to use. Well, in 1934, a new state law enabled the library to become a public library. And that way they had a board of trustees and to build their own building, they started a grassroots um, fundraising campaign. And it was led by John Bachneck, who was on the library board for over 50 years. And what he did at first is they uh, got together 12 uh, families to donate $100 each, and they were able to buy the land right here at the corner of Market and Martin. And then after that, they needed a second lot and they uh, got together 30 families to donate $30 from the article that I found. There, We do have a whole file on the library history and it's very interesting to see how it came about. Oh, in those days, $100 was, was a lot, a lot of, money of money for yes. a family to donate. And um, in the 40s, the war dads or the war mothers donated $10,000 so that the library would be named a memorial public library in honor of the veterans of the of the wars. I didn't know that. Yes. So, and you said there's a plaque in the, the there's front. a plaque in the foyer that tells the story of the library. And there were some other families that donated money that made the library to build the library a possibility. Well, that's wonderful. I didn't know that. And I've lived here all my life. It's just always been here. Yes. As I grew up. So now we know that uh, I, I'll, I'll think about that uh, 12 people, 12 families, $100 each every time I come in here. Yes. Now. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the other services? Uh, people generally think that a library is books. It, it's not just books. Um, you can come into the library if you need to make copies. We can help you print. If you have something on your phone or tablet and you need to print, 
we can help you do that. You can email it to the library and we can print it out for you. We have DVDs if you like to watch movies. We have books on CD. We have video games. Um, you can send a fax. We can laminate. We wow. have a variety of services. And some of these things, like I said, you don't even need a library card to do. We have a very helpful staff so that if you need something and you're not sure how to go about it, ask one of our staff and we'll try to find the answer for you. And those questions can be about anything. Anything. I came down one day and said, I want to do macrame. And they went out and found me some books and magazines and sent me on my way. And a couple of times I got phone calls at home that said, the book is the book that you ordered is in. And I'm thinking, I don't remember ordering a book, <laughs> but some you you knew that I was still looking for things and, and things came in. So you let me know. So that's a wonderful service that you have here. Right. Well, we'll try to see if we have something here in the building. And if we don't, we go beyond that to see what we can find for you. And I know whenever I was driving back and forth to work before I retired, um, I used to listen to books all the time in the, in the car. And so those books are really interesting, particularly if you have a vision problem. Yes. And you just would like to, you're, you were an avid reader, but maybe now you can't see as well. And there are not, not every book is in what enlarged print. Correct. So they can come in and your family could come in and pick up books for you to listen to. Right. Good. Okay. Uh, do I want to talk a bit, a little bit about some of the historical services that you've provided? Um, I know one of them is newspapers. So why don't you tell us the story about, uh, you know, saving the newspapers and getting them available to everyone? Sure. We have uh, two ways that you can get the newspapers. We have uh, newspapers dating back to the 1800s here in the library. They're bound into books and they're indexed by the obituary. So say you knew one of your ancestors passed away. We can look in a book like for the year that they passed away and it would give you the page the obituaries on. You can read it. But besides the obituaries, there's also society news. So if you maybe a wedding or. Um, I've seen somewhere. Uh, Mrs. So-and-so's granddaughter from New Philadelphia came to East Palestine and they had tea with Mrs. So-and-so and Mrs. So-and-so in the afternoon on such and such a date. Yes. Uh, I, I chuckle at those, but that was news back then. Very much so. someone came to visit. Yeah. And the, the paper, I believe, was weekly. I've been working with um, every Wednesday. I post on our Facebook page, way back Wednesday, articles from the Revelry Echo. In uh, a few years back, a woman named Amy Lux Gallen had our a portion of the East Palestine newspapers digitized, which means they're available online. So you can access these papers if you have a computer at home or if you want to come down to the library. And um, she is the granddaughter of Charles Merwin, who was the publisher of the Daily Leader. And his son also with Paul Merwin too, wasn't he? There was a family line there of the Merwins that ran the newspaper. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't remember the hierarchy or anything like that, but I remember those names that Merwins were the in charge of the newspaper. Right. So you can stop in and read the, the old newspapers that are bound into books. 
and we have those other that are digitized and available on the computer. And if someone's looking for something in particular, you can kind of help them. Correct. Figure out like where they. That's what the staff is here for: customer service and helping people find the information that we need. The library also has access to Ancestry.com, so that you have to use it in the library, and we can help you with that. But it's not available. You can't log into it from your home. Hmm. They allowed it during the pandemic, but yeah. it's back to just the library only. Well, that's interesting if people are looking to yes. find out who their ancestors were. That's a good place to start to find dates. Okay. Let's take a, a change of topics here and talk about the different programs that the library offers. Um, I mentioned several that I've participated in uh, with the watching the Zoom videos and coming in for different classes. So tell us, you know, what all do you have in line there? We have a variety of programs for all ages. Um, we have uh, craft programs with the needle felting as an example. We have, we're coming up next week for the children, we have a canvas and cookies program where uh, it's almost like a sip and paint, but without yeah. the, mm -hmm. yes. Without the adults who can't paint. <laughs> so we're, we're, we are having that. So we have some craft things, um, educational programs where. Um, I sat in on one where uh, about cutting the cable. And learning about the different ways of streaming. Um, um, I'm trying to think of some other. We did um, a long time ago. I came where we learned how to take books and cut them into Christmas trees. Yes. So there was a craft program. <laughs> yes. So many different things. We had a grief support group. Uh, someone from Hospice of the Valley had have, has come down, and and that's been a real nice program to offer. It's some um, entertainment programs. We've had some musical acts perform. Uh, the uh, Apple interest group. So you could learn more about your device. Um, we have movies. So the library has a, um, we pay for a public performance license to show movies. So we last, we had a program um, after Christmas with the movie Frozen, where, where we were encouraging kids to sing along with the musical. Hmm. And I belong, I come down every month for an Apple support group. Yes, that's my little pet project. I really enjoy the iPad and the Apple products. And it's been nice to meet other users. And we've been teaching each other mm -hmm. little tips and tricks. Yes, I've learned a lot of different things that, you know, Apple doesn't come with a, an instruction book. So right. you have to figure these things out yourself. Right. So it is a bit challenging. And I also met... Uh, Ricky and Ashley here because one of your programs was on podcast. Yes. And that got me moving along to attempting to do this. Yeah, so so we're, we're trying to offer a variety of things to every everybody's interests. And I'm sure if anybody has any suggestions yes. or something that they're interested in, they can stop in and go, hey, I'd like to see a class on yes. this, that, and the other thing. So it. I also know that you have um, like craft classes on crocheting you have a knitting group or something they that... just meet in our in our yeah. building so yeah. they utilize our community room we have a community room here um and it is uh, you have to fill out a form if your group public group wants to use it and then that uh, application is approved by the board 
and then you're able to use the community room on the day or time that you need. Yeah, and it's a nice setting. It's not too big of a room, not right. too small. It's comfortable and you can sit and talk with each other while you're uh, working on your projects. Yes. And I know I belong to a foundation board that meets here once a month. Okay. So there's different services that you don't think right. about as being part of using the public library. Right. Okay. Uh, what about if I wanted to volunteer? We have a Friends of the Library group. I believe the Friends started back in 1991, and they are the group that um, kind of heads our fundraising. So like if uh, we need something extra for the library, say we have a, like a TV that we, they, the friends pay for that. So it's outside of the, the regular library budget. They give me funds to buy supplies for programming or prizes for summer reading. We're going to have a winter reading program. Um, they pay for speakers. So if a speaker has a fee, they pay for that. So if you're interested in vol volunteering with us here at the library, please join the friends. They meet the first or the second Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. here at the library. That's good. And they do have a big book sale, what, twice a year? They have a big book sale uh, usually in June and then maybe one other. And they have been doing some uh, social programs as well where they had we had a tea around Mother's Day and they had a pumpkin program in the fall and they're going to do a soup program in the winter. So just some different things besides just the book sale. Oh, and they had a um, display at the street fair. Yes, they ha they have yeah. the, the tent. And so we, we can uh, kind of tell some things about the library at the street fair. Yeah. And uh, what about your relationship with other libraries? Uh, back in 2020, we became a member of the Plus, Plus Consortium and the directors of the libraries of Columbiana, East Palestine, Leper Library, Salem, and Wellsville wrote a, a grant for us to become this consortium so that we can share our resources, our catalogs. Um, so say, for example, you wanted a book that we didn't have here in our building we can go on and look in the catalog. You can even look on in your own computer and see the catalog and request it. And we can bring it would be sent here in to for you to pick up. And actually, we did that. Yes. Uh, the, the book that about podcasting. So <laughs> we try, somewhere. like I said, we try to find the, you know, the material you're looking for or the answer to a question. And if we have to go beyond the library's beyond the building we will with being a member of the plus consortium we were able to become members of search ohio so if the libraries in our county don't have the book that you want or the material that you want we can go throughout the state to look for it for you and if the in the state libraries that they don't have it we would go to the university libraries Ooh. So, and during the pandemic, some of those Zoom programs that you mentioned, because they were virtual and you could be any place, we shared our programs. So, and I remember the one about the, uh, the auctioneer who told yes. us about downsizing. And I love the topic of if your kids don't want it, what do you do with it now? Yes, we, that was the one that we contributed to the, to the Zoom. Um, and I actually schedule. have followed some of the guidelines. Yes, very, very I, good informational program. Yeah, I started getting rid of stuff. 
and, and, and the gentleman that that taught that program was in Philadelphia. And I think the one he was away in Florida. So we had someone from Florida presenting a program. So that that's been a plus too. Uh, one of the things that we didn't talk about was um, listening to books online. You can you don't have to come to the library or actually physically get a book anymore. Right. Uh, you need a library card, but we have two databases that you can access books from. Uh, we have Libby and we have Hoopla. Libby works more like the library. So if the book is checked out, we share these resources with other libraries in Ohio. So if you went on and you wanted a particular book and it was checked out, you could place a hold and they would notify you when it's available. There are ebooks, audiobooks, um, music, movies on, on those oh my that database. Hoopla works a little bit different. We allow you 10 checkouts and you the book is there. So if you see it, you can have it right then and there. So you could use your computer or like a uh, Amazon, your iPad uh, or your Kindle correct. or any of those things and get the books for free. Yes. And if anybody would want a tutorial on how to do it, they would just have to come in and make an appointment or just see if a librarian's available or one of our staff members would certainly help you set it up and get yeah. it started. It's just so hard to imagine anymore. Yes. Uh, how I can get a book that comes directly to me and I don't even have to leave the house. Yes. And then I read it and whenever, and whenever I'm done, I don't have to bring it back late and pay it fine. Like I always right. have to yeah. do. With those online, there's no fine involved because there's really, it just goes away. It just goes away. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I didn't, I forgot to tell you about the plus consortium. You can use your East Palestine library card at those libraries that I mentioned, Columbiana, Salem, Wellsville, Leper Library, and here. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please come here first. Yeah. But if you're in yeah. those other towns, you're, you're yeah. welcome to stop in and use that your East Palestine card. Wonderful. And you can return that item to East Palestine and we will get it back to the owning library. Now we've been talking about library cards. How do you get a library card? Uh, adults are over 18 to get a library card. They have to bring in a photo ID. And as long as their address on the ID is current, that's all you need. If it isn't, just bring a piece of mail that shows your current address. Um, if you're, if it's an out-of-state resident, they would pay $10 a year. And what hours are the library, is the library open? We're open Monday through Thursday from 9 to 8 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, have you seen a lot of, um, since the pandemic and maybe with grandparents watching more of their grandchildren, um, more grandparents yes. bringing their kids in? I mean, it's a wonderful, if you have to babysit with them or whatever, bring them to the library on a field trip. Right. We have and, story time three days a week. We have puzzles and we usually have a craft program, a little craft for them to do back in the children's uh, department. We have a little computer back there that's not connected to the internet, but it has educational games. And I do have to brag a little bit because this summer you did have my uh, cardio fitness drummers. Oh, yes. Daily oh, drummers was, uh, come and perform a little bit for the for kids, story time, for story time out in the back parking lot. It was fun on one of the hottest, hottest days, days of, of the summer. Year. Yes, always. <laughs> so, you know, in general, 
I've learned a lot about the library that I didn't know. So I have made that statement. Gee, I didn't know that Very good. many times. So I hope that some of our listeners have been able to learn at least one new thing about the library that they didn't know. Is there anything else that you want to? I just stop. Please stop in the library to see what's new if you haven't been in or ask one of the staff members and we'll happily show you around or, you know, have you get a library card and. Yeah. And one of the questions that I had asked you when we met originally was if you were going to write a book or whatever, you had a good title about the library. Do you remember what it was? How can I help you? How can I help you? What yes. a wonderful book. And what a wonderful way to end this session about what you need to know about the library on these in these days. So I, I would really love everybody to love the library as much as I do. Wonderful. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your education before we close? Sure. I, um, I went to undergrad at Youngstown State and I majored in sociology and I worked at the Mog Library um, during my uh, studies, my undergrad studies. And one day when I was working there, one of my uh, family friend had come in and she asked me what I was going to do after graduation. And I wasn't sure. I thought maybe I knew I wanted to work with children, but I thought maybe more in a social service sort of way. And she told me that there was an opportunity at Kent State for a fellowship to um, it would the focus of to get my master's in library science with a focus in children's and young adult services. And I applied and was happily accepted. And, and the, rest, the rest is history. <laughs> I mean, it just happened to be, at, I guess, the right place yeah. at the right time, because I probably would not have known yeah. about that opportunity. And it's called library school. Yes. Uh, Kent, Kent State, Kent State is of. the only library school in Ohio, and it is a master's program. Uh, now it's called a master's of library and information science. But when I graduated, it was just master's of library science. Very interesting. So yes. if any of you have any relatives or children that are thinking about they would like to become a librarian, stop and talk to Noreen about yeah, it. And Tamara, the director, is also a graduate of oh, the Library Science School wonderful. in Kent. Yes. Well, I think our time is about up. Okay. So I thank you very much for taking the time to help me with this oh. and to get me started in this because I really appreciate it. And I think this is going to be a fun thing to do. I think it will be. I really appreciate you asking me as I'm honored. Thank you. Yes. Okay. In closing, I want to thank Noreen for taking the time to chat with me about our wonderful library. If you want any more information, you can just call 330-426-3778. The library is on Facebook and they have a website. Just type in East Palestine Library or East Palestine Memorial Library and that'll get you close. Or you could try something a little more non-conventional and get in your car and actually drive to the library and spend some time looking around. The address for the library is 309 North Market Street and it is located right beside the post office where it's been for the last 50 or 60 years. Their hours are Monday through Thursday 9 to 8 and Friday and Saturday 9 to 5. I do have a favor to ask of all of you. I heard on the news the phrase 
If you see something, do something. I would like you all to be on the lookout for acts of kindness. Let's spread the word about how we live in one of the most caring communities in the area. If you can drop me a note on my Facebook page or tell me when you see me downtown or whenever you just see me around and I'll make a note of what the acts of kindness are and maybe mention them in one of my upcoming podcasts. No specific names are necessary. Just let me know that you saw or had something nice happen. If you're a Facebook user, please go to Claybrook Chats and follow me. I will be posting pictures and information there on what's coming up next. Thank you for listening, and please tell your family and friends about joining my One Woman campaign to spread the positive about our community. And hopefully, in listening to this podcast today, you will have said, gee, I didn't know that at least once. So I'll talk to you later and happy trails.